Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. Awesome. Well, happy birthday, Voice. You know, uh, so I'll make sure we're on the same page. You know, the, the building isn't turning five years old, right? The logo is not turning five years old. The Instagram account is not turning five years old. Uh, we as a church are turning five years old. And so remember, the church isn't something that you go to. It's not a service you attend or a building you go into. The church is something that we're a part of. And so when we say uh, happy birthday, you guys are turning five. So I know some of you guys are like, you know, like a day over three. But hey, congratulations, uh, you're turning five years old. Uh, today's actually a bit surreal, to be honest. I was journaling early this morning and I was thinking about this. And on, on one side, it's come sooner than I thought, right? I feel like we've blinked and we're here at five years. Until I start thinking about all the stuff we've gone through over the last five years, and then it feels like it was 50 years ago, you know what I'm saying? Um, the, the other side is there were so many times, if I'm honest, over the last five years where I wondered if we would even make it to this milestone. Uh, it's been a crazy few years. For those of you guys that, uh, that listened to like Grateful Dead back in the day, uh, I think their second album uh, said, uh, was called What a Long Strange Trip It's Been, because we're deadheads. Uh, I feel like that is us so many times. That's all of our lives so many times. What a long, strange trip it's been. Could not have predicted uh, where we would have uh, gone. Um, I only have a little bit of time, so I want to encourage us around a few simple ideas, uh, and it's around uh, chicken wings, uh, dirt, and bamboo. And I know when you uh, got up this morning, you were like, I knew that's what we were going to talk about this morning, chicken wings, dirt, uh, and bamboo. And I highly, highly recommend, uh, don't eat these chicken wings. Uh, because I think they still might be frozen, actually. Uh, but they're thought enough that they look like they're cooked. Anyways, movie magic. Anyways, uh, so, hey, the first thing is, is uh, chicken wings. Chicken wings. So confession uh, is that I, yeah, so, okay, so this is kind of funny. Uh, I, I was messing around with the AI uh, image generator online. It is so much fun. So I put in chicken wings, voice church, and this came up. Uh, and I'm like, yes. And then there's a second very, they give you four options. They give me way too much information. Uh, the second option, which is a little weird, but each chicken wing had wings. <laughs> like it would fly away. It was very bizarre. I'll save you from the trauma. But anyways, that's a um, chicken wing. So confession, I love chicken wings. Life is too short for boneless chicken wings. They were supposed to be bone-in chicken wings, uh, the way the Lord intended, the way Jesus ate them. Um, and uh, remember when I was uh, growing up, uh, my mom, that was like her jam. I knew if she was stressed out, if she got some plum wine and some chicken wings, that was like her safe spot. I don't know why. Uh, but she grew up like super poor in Korea. And so the, too, there were times where uh, they would like go door to door and like asking, and I, maybe sometimes they would get chicken. But my mom would eat chicken wings is when you saw the finished product of the bones on the plate, they looked like, They've been sitting out in the Sahara Desert for a decade. I mean, there is nothing. Some of you guys that grew up in an immigrant home, you totally get it. There is not anything. They even look sun-bleached somehow. And my, you know, so um, we had to eat it the same way, my brother and I. And so if, if there was, I mean, God forbid, if there was a speck of meat left on it or cartilage, 
or things, part of it that you're like, you probably wouldn't eat that. You eat it in the Gucci household, uh, you sure do, and, or else you're, uh, you're ungrateful. And so to this day, uh, when we eat chicken wings at the house, uh, one of our girls will like, you know, finish the bone and go, do you think grandma would approve of this? And I was like, oh, that's trauma speaking. Like that's, you're fine. You're loved just as you are, but probably eat a little bit, little bit more. Anyways, uh, so why chicken wings? Why chicken wings? So imagine if, if someone uh, ate chicken wings or you're eating, going like, like last night or Friday night, a bunch of us went out to fire wings out in Irvine and, and we had chicken wings. Uh, and not because connected to this at all. Uh, but imagine if, if you're like, hey, let's go, out, let's go out and get wings after church. And, and your friend's like, I hate chicken wings. You're like, why? They're like, because, I don't know, sometimes the, the bones get stuck in my throat when I eat them. Or like they, the bones like really hurt my stomach. Or actually one time I was biting into the drumstick and then it, it chipped my tooth. You'd be like, wait. What? <laughs> Wait, are you eating the bones? Like you're, you're chewing on the bones. No, no, you gotta leave that on the plate. Like that stuff's bad for you. Why do I bring that up? Because look at any relationship with a person, with an organization, with a church, there's gonna be good and bad. There's gonna be meat and bones. There's gonna be good parts of it that you wanna hold on to. And there's gonna be negative parts of it that you, you probably should just, just don't dwell on it. You need to let it go right? There's beautiful parts of every relationship. There's repulsive parts of every relationship. There's fond memories when you think back, and then there's triggering memories if you think back too hard. There's things that are part of that relationship that made you better, and there are parts of that relationship that probably hurt you, right? It's never just one or the other. Probably some of the, your favorite fond relationships you remember of whether it be the church you grew up in or an organization you're a part of, a workplace or a friendship or something, even the best ones there were probably some really annoying parts of that relationship too, weren't there? And even in some of the most traumatic, hurtful relationships we had, there were probably some glimmers of hope. There were some good things about it. And here's what Paul says to the church in Thessalonica. He said, uh, not about chicken wings, but about this whole idea. He says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything and hold on to the good. You can keep that out there. Here's what he's saying. Look, some of you guys have been part of, a, of an organization, been part of a church where you got hurt. Like they, prof- they, they, they prophesied too much. They called stuff the Holy Spirit, but actually it was just manipulation. It was spiritual abuse. And now you've gotten to the point where, and this is what Paul's telling, not you, but other people. Paul's telling, hey, you've gotten to the point where you scoff at prophecy now. You won't even receive prophecy. You won't even, you won't even you're not even willing to say the Holy Spirit can do this or that. Your, your actions and your hurt and your, the fact that you've been abused or gone through this stuff, you're now not even willing to let the Holy Spirit into the conversation. You're stifling the Holy Spirit by your heart, by your attitude. You're scoffing at prophecy. He goes, here's what you do now. Test everything. Test it. Don't just like, you know, close, you know, you know open your mind to everything to say, accept everything willy-nilly, right? Everything lock, stock, and barrel, you just accept now. No, no, no. Test everything. Make sure that what they're saying is right, but hold on to the good. He doesn't say, test everything, really dwell on the bad. Let it keep you up at night. Keep rehashing it. Keep reha- Don't ever move past it. He said, no, no, test everything and then hold on to the good. For me, I served in only three churches. This is my third church I've ever served in. One was for over 20 years. Uh, one was for uh, less than a, like 18 months. And then voice here. And when I think about those church experiences, there were so many beautiful things. 
I learned so much. I owe so much to countless leaders in both of those churches. But you know what? There's also a lot of disappointment. There's also a lot of hurt. There's also a lot of why can't things be different? Why did it have to go that way? It didn't have to go that way. It's not rocket science. Why didn't you just treat people this way instead of that way? And it took me a long time because I would read verses like this and go, nope. Nope, because what they did wasn't okay. It took me a long time to get to the point where I could hold on to the good and let it be that. Hold on to the good and realizing that holding on to the good doesn't mean I condone the bad. It doesn't mean saying the bad was okay. It's just saying, look, it took months, years of my life. I'm not going to let it rob me of my future either. It's taken enough. But I'm going to take the lessons. I'm going to take the good. Look, all of us are flawed. Every person, every leader, everybody you'll ever meet is flawed. Everybody you'll ever meet needs the grace of God, including you and including me and including the person that you're ticked off at, right? So I know they need God's grace. It took me a long time. And even, and even through the pain, the pain taught me things that I never could have learned otherwise. See, I realized that much of the hurt actually that I went through, and I know some of you guys are like, I've never had any trauma at church. That's awesome. Super glad for you. Uh, but a lot of the hurt that I came from uh, with church was simply because I just thought it could be different. I just thought it could be different. And my frustration with that, of seeing people get treated a certain way or money being spent a certain way, I think that reason that hurt me so much is because I held it up to what I thought was possible. I saw the way someone was treated and was like, but why can't we just treat them this way instead? The way money was spent, well, how come we can't spend money this way instead? And it wasn't like this crazy thing. It was just like, treat them like they're human. Believe in people. Like, bless people, even if they can't do anything for you. Honor people. You know, it's like very basic things. And that pain actually is a huge reason that we started Voice Church. Is because instead of getting bitter, we decided, well, maybe we're supposed to help create something different, something we still saw in our heart. Which brings us to the second image, dirt, dirt. Uh, what's so funny about this image, I, it took me like 40 different prompts on the AI thing to get this image uh, because no matter what I did, I would be like, cup full of dirt, clear thing full of dirt, whatever. It would always put plants in it, right? I don't know why. This is not like part of the, the Bible. It just was so weird. Even if I said clear jar of dirt with no plants, then it would put flowers, and I'm like, with no flowers. And it put like bugs in it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want this. I don't know how we came up with this, but it was like, lock it, send it. Okay, so what brings us to dirt is because if you, any guys that are in the gardening or whatever, you know the value of topsoil, of compost, of kind of that good stuff. Some of you guys are weird and you actually like the smell of topsoil, which is the smell of decay. I don't know what, <laughs> but if you really like it. So I had this idea that we were gonna plant the seed in this dirt. And it was going to grow overnight. It's like, watch out, world. This thing is going to blow up. There's, I saw this uh, picture. I'm sure some of you guys have seen it. Uh, it's, it's in some business somewhere, but you can put it up there. It says, we don't do it. We, did, we, don't, we do this not because it's easy, but because we thought it would be easy. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I thought that was so funny. Uh, anyways, you can take that off. But uh, I was like, yes, I think there was a part of us, not that we thought this was going to be easy, but we thought it would be 
less hard than it has been. Um, we thought, well, I almost be for Natalie. I know I thought in my heart uh, that we were going to plant this church and it was going to explode. And for a lot of my ministry life, it's been like that. You launch something and it grows and you stay any room only and multiple service. It just kind of became that way. And I began to expect it. I began to assume it. Like, that's just what happens. And I began to uh, equate numerical growth uh, with success. That they're one and the same. Bigger is better. And what I began to realize the longer I started to do this thing is that big isn't good and big isn't bad. Big is just big. Like the size of a church, do you know what that tells you? How many people go to it? Like that's all it tells you. The size of a church doesn't say anything about the kind of church that it is. There's great churches that are big. There's great churches that are tiny. And there's toxic churches that are big. And there's toxic churches that are tiny. There's great big churches that are good and they teach great doctrine. And there's great big churches that are toxic and teach the weirdest narcissistic stuff. And the same thing about small church. Lest we think small church is bad, any guys that grew up in a small, maybe ethnic church, you know that small doesn't always mean godly, right? That narcissism is very much alive there. But I saw big as good and bigger as better. And so when we launched on September 18th, 2018, it was exactly what we felt it was gonna be. We launched with over 400 people. We had to do an impromptu second service. It was amazing. We had to go buy a bunch of Starbucks gift cards and go, hey, the service is full. Here's the Starbucks gift card. Get a Starbucks. We'll see you at second service. It was awesome. And then the way church plants work is your first Sunday is huge, right? Because like your mom's brother's cousin's dog walker's friend comes, right? It's like going to your friend's piano recital, right? And they're not gonna come second week. They don't even go to church or they go to their own church. And so they just come just to support you. So typically the second week is half of your first week and then it shrinks over the next nine months and then you kind of hit bottom and then you grow from there. And so where we were at is we were consistently hitting over 200 uh, and then this, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, this thing called COVID. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's some side thing that happened. COVID hit, slammed us back to earth. I mean, it was, it was gnarly. And so... Um, there were many services when we slowly, like we were one of the first ones to close and one of the last ones to open back up. Uh, and there were many services, I don't, services is generous. There were many times that we did church and we opened it up to the public after a while that there were more people on stage than there were in, that there were not on the stage. Uh, and super encouraging uh, for you as a pastor and uh, not insecure at anything. Uh, but that was the hardest season of ministry in my life for a lot of reasons. So what does it have to do with dirt? Because I think a lot of times we see dirt as a place where we plant something and it grows. But I think if you talk to a seed, can't because I can't talk, but if you could talk to a seed, uh, a seed would say, oh no, that's, that's, a, that's a place where we die. That's a place where we die. And actually that smell of topsoil, that is the smell of decay, right? That's compost. It's decaying matter. Then the death is what gives life to the thing that comes next. And this is biblical, actually. So this is John 12, 23. Jesus says this. Jesus replied, now the time has come for the Son of Man, talking about himself, to enter glory. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Jesus knew this principle, that he had to be buried. He had to die. And when he kept on telling his followers over and over, hey, this is you now. So some of us think that uh, when we coach church fans, we tell them this all the time, all the time. 
You think God gives you a dream and then you're gonna take off like a rocket ship. What's actually gonna happen, this is biblical, is God gives you a dream and then you die. <laughs> you die over and over and over again. And out of that humility and out of that pain, God will grow his church. You don't believe me? Read the story of Joseph. Read the story of Job. Read the story of David. Look at Jesus's life. Look at every single one of the apostles' lives. Read Paul's writings. Every single one of them, God gave them a dream and they went through incredible pain. Noah, Abraham, I mean, all of them, all of them. So realize as I was kind of thinking about this is for voice to be the kind of church that I dreamt of it being, I had to become a different kind of leader. I had to become a different kind of person. And what God wanted to do in my heart wasn't going to come through a book or a conference. Premature pain or premature success, actually, I think would have solidified pride in me, ego in me, arrogance in me. I would have had the audacity to think that I had something to do with voice and success. When the reality is, at the end of this thing, it's because it's, it's, it's in spite of me. But it's obvious that's because of the hand of God. If voice was ever going to be a humble church, that stuff would need to die in me too. My old youth pastor used to tell me that you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And so I wanted Voice to be a church that was humble, a church that was generous, a church that where people depended fully on God. But that meant that I needed to be humbled, that I needed to learn how to sacrifice, that I needed to wrestle my own weaknesses, my own insecurities, that I needed to depend on God. And so there were a lot of days where I would look at this bowl of dirt that we called Voice Church and wonder, why am I see, not, not seeing anything growing? Why isn't it like, why isn't it overflowing? That's what, that's what normally is supposed to happen. And I kept hearing God say two things. This is my, if you were to read my journal, and please don't, uh, but if you were to read my journal, <laughs> if you were to be able to hack it, good luck. Uh, two things over and over again. I felt God saying to me over and over again. One, wait, wait. And that is like, if, you, if you're like a proactive person, you're like one of these kind of kids, right? That is like the worst, that's like a cuss word. Wait, wait, for how long? Why, why, why? Now, 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 right? It's like, wait, okay? Second thing, why does this bother you so much? That one stung a little. Wait, why does this bother you so much? Taco, why does it bother you? that the church isn't a certain size. Why does that bother you? What does that say about you? What's going on in your heart? And this, I, I wrote this right out of my, my journal, this question uh, that I felt like God was asking me, do you have to be successful in quotes or are you okay being faithful? Do you have to be successful or are you okay being faithful? And so the last three and a half years have been really tough and I'm super grateful for them and I never want to live them again, <laughs> right? So, all of us have gone through seasons like that, right? Where it's like, I'm super grateful for this painful season and I never want to go through it again. So the final image uh, is bamboo. So you're going to show this first. First time I put uh, this in the AI, I put voice church uh, uh, bamboo. And we got this little VeggieTales looking guy that <laughs> apparently is about to go preach at church to some wild animals, <laughs> There's birds and foxes and some strange conglomeration creature in the back left. I don't know what is going on with that. Uh, it's post-apocalyptic. So anyways, 
Then I refine the, the image. <laughs> this is super fun if you ever want to do Okay, show the real image. Okay, that's more, way more boring, but it's more on the nose. Okay, bamboo. At our second birthday service, our second birthday service we ever had, uh, we were just re-emerging. And we, those that were OGs that remember these days, uh, a, a guy opened up his mansion. I don't know how else to say it. His mansion in Back Bay. His driveway is longer than my street that I live on. Like it's, it is, it's like, is it the first house or the second house? It's like, you know, go past the second house and then that's where we're meeting, you know, as we all have. So uh, he opened up and he let us store our equipment there and the sun would set behind Back Bay uh, as we would have service there every week. It was just awesome and no one came. But anyways, for our second service, uh, second year birthday that we had there, a friend of ours named Brian Peterson, some of you guys are familiar with him, we're friends with him. Uh, Brian's an incredible guy. Started an organization called Faces of Santa Ana, uh, changed it to Faces of Humanity. He's done a lot of the murals that you see around, uh, even around Orange County. Uh, but he is... He's a prophetic guy. And I asked, you know, can you paint a picture for the church for our second year birthday? And he's like, yeah, do you, are you okay? Like, do you want me to prove a graphic through you? Or do you, are you okay with me praying and just painting whatever I feel like God is asking me to paint? I was like, yeah, well, how do I, how do I, how do I, as a pastor, how do I say no to that? It's like, no, I want you to paint something cool. You know, so anyways, so he, he painted it during service and I was so confused. And then after service, he goes, let me explain why I painted why I painted. And he painted this. So uh, he explained like the, what, like the, the rose and the uh, lily. And then it's all attached to bamboo. I don't know if you didn't know, roses don't grow off bamboo trees. Uh, but, but in this thing, he didn't. And he said, um, he goes, what I'm about to tell you is going to be really hard. He sat Nally and I down. Uh, he goes, the reason why I, plant, uh, I, I felt like I was supposed to paint bamboo uh, is because I was supposed to tell you that the next three years are going to be super hard for you. Uh, you're going to wonder if God has forgotten you. You're going to wonder if, if what you're doing is even making a difference. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Tell me more, Brian. <laughs> like, what else is going to be terrible about the next three years? He said that at our five-year birthday, things would begin to shift. And <laughs> I remember going, Brian, I don't know if I received that, man. Like, I don't know if, like, I don't know if I, I want to agree with this, but so far, so, it's so good. I mean, it's, it's, been a, it's been a fun road. So he said that there's a kind of Chinese bamboo that takes five years to break ground. You plant it, nothing happens for five years. Like, look, you, you, you have to water it, you fertilize it, you take care of it, and you're going, nope, not today. And then over and over again for five years, things happening, things are happening below the surface, but you just don't see anything happening. And then around five years, it busts out of the ground. And when it's mature, like when it's stabilized, it can grow as much as three feet a day, 90 feet a month. So what Brian said that he felt strong, but the Lord was telling him that something was gonna, special was going to happen in year five. But it's going to feel like nothing was happening <laughs> before year five. And uh, he said, keep watering, keep watering, keep taking care of people, keep praying, keep believing. And so I'm, I wanted to tell you that because you may have seen this around. We keep it in, in, the, in the meeting room back there. I mean, like, what is up with that? Right? What's, this, that that's a story uh, behind it. And, and Voice Church, this is what we're walking into this year. And so I want to ask you, will you believe with us that God's going to do some amazing things this year and beyond? Will you believe that's not something you're, you're attending, but it's something that you're a part of and some, a reality that you're going to help create? So as we end, there's two simple questions I want you to, to pray about.
Uh, number one, what would it look like for you to take one step closer to Jesus? I know it's like, what does that have to do with, with growing the church? Look, we can't invite anyone into something that we're not already. You teach what you know, you reproduce who you are. The best way you can serve what God is doing here at the church is to serve God, to be closer with God. And this was a whole series that we were part of. We obviously took a pause on today, but you can be totally convinced of something and not committed to it. Guys, I'm asking you, don't just attend church. Will you follow Jesus? Will you follow Jesus? And so what, is, what would it look like for you to take one step closer to Jesus? You know that thing you've been trying to avoid that God's asking you to do? The thing you're like, ah, well, I'll keep praying on it, God, right? That habit he's been asking you to do, that the, the faith-filled risk you're supposed to take, it doesn't always make sense, but come on. We don't need to pray about what, we, what we, you know, God is asking us to do. You know, don't you? You know, you know. So what would it look like to take one step closer to Jesus? And second one, who is one person that you are going to pray for? And when the time is right, invite them to church, right? Who's that one person that you may go, it may be like what David was to Kenneth and Paul. You're going, there's no way, no way that person would ever go to church. There are so many people in this room right now that you guys are in possibilities. There was someone that said, no way would that person ever come to church. So as you think about that, we have one more video to show you. And this video uh, is uh, about your generosity and about the partners we partner with. There's, we always say this, that you don't give to the church, you give through the church. And uh, I just want to let you know, you guys are generous. You guys are super generous. And your generosity is making waves all over the world. And so here are just a few of the partners that wanted to wish you a happy birthday and a little bit about what they do. Let's go and watch this. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday. And until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.